BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I'm oddly shirtless as I'm recording this. I don't know why I'm so hot, and then I just decided to leave it off. Not like you really need to know that. You know, it'd make you feel a little a little bit closer to me, whether or not you wanted to be that. The guest today is Mr. Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids, New Amsterdam's, his own solo stuff, and just a very all-around good dude and more on him in a minute let's just cut right to the chase propertyofzack.com great music site visit it done boom let's talk about reviewing the show go to the itunes store type in some sentences drop some stars it makes the show look cooler for those of you that have been following the show for a long time you've noticed that there's been some ads recently that is because you contribute to the show by doing that let me put it this way some big changes are happening as of episode 100 there's this great stuff that's coming in the future so if you do that i really really do appreciate that let's talk about emailing the show 100 words podcast at gmail.com give me some feedback tell me what shows are awesome tell me what shows have sucked what do you want that i need to do i want to provide you with something awesome it was really interesting. I had a person email me from the Jordan from Newfound Glory podcast. They had never listened to another episode. They just popped in, popped out. Totally fine. I get it. But she was like, hey, don't talk about yourself so much, which, you know, I have honestly gotten that criticism in the past. And it's something that's interesting because I really try to pay attention to that. So I'm not like, hey, here's me, like pay attention to me, even though there obviously is a bit of that within my conversations but there are times where it's like i feel like i need to share some of myself with the person that i'm speaking to because they are i can either tell they're feeling vulnerable or there's something that needs to have it's a transactional relationship i can't just like let something sit there i want to try to relate or you know pull something from my past experience so if any of you if that does kick around in your head that that's why i do it that's why i feel like i'm i need to put something like that out there about myself and usually it's in relation to the fact that i've played in bands before like i'm sorry that's just where a lot of my experience comes from i'm not trying to hype anything up and like oh check this thing out that i did in the past that doesn't matter to me 
that's just where a lot of my experience is coming from. So anyways, that's the sort of dialogue I have with people who email the show. So do that. Okay, Matt Pryor. First of all, I'm going to apologize for the audio in this one. This was recorded at a very, very noisy show. And the music isn't really infiltrating our conversation. It's everybody around it. I mean, basically, it was in the corner of this outdoor smoking patio. There just really wasn't a place to record. I wanted to get a conversation between him and I down on tape, face to face. And so this is what you have. So if you're bummed on the audio quality, I apologize. Do not let this reflect on our awesome editor, Tom Richfield. It is all on me and the circumstance given. And and then you'll hear at one point, Anthony from Bayside just kind of hangs out with us for a moment. And uh, so, yeah, this it's definitely not the sort of uh, the comfortable environment I'm used to recording in. I just wanted to put that caveat there. So you're not you're not going to hear the most pristine audio quality. You're going to hear background noise. And on top of that, this show that I interviewed him at was a sideshow of this thing called NAM music nerds in the sense of like music equipment nerds. And I'm sorry if you are a music equipment nerd, that's fine. I'm in hell when I'm in Guitar Center. It's the worst place ever. And this conference and convention takes place in Anaheim, which is very close to where I live. And this show, like 90% of the people that were there had been to that event. They were still wearing their goddamn badges from that convention. Yeah, if you hear bits of conversation from people who are, what are you doing at a show like Matt Pryor's? They're not actually at that show. They're at some other random show that was right next door to it. Anyways, a lot of lot of backstory. But Matt is a great dude. Obviously, if you've heard of the Get Up Kids, you are very familiar with his work, and anybody that has paid attention to independent music is aware of that. He also does an amazing podcast that's also part of our network that we've put together. I will eventually be appearing on his podcast soon so you know we're we're throwing the love back and forth but i've always wanted to talk to matt even before he launched his own podcast so here's what transpired and i'll talk to you Description though, my dad's a bitch. Huh? Oh, okay, well, yeah. I, I guess I am. Um, I usually start these things off with just my own, my own okay. introduction point to you, your musical, your musicalness, as it were. Okay, my musicality. Yes, your musicality. So I, you got. I, I really wish because I did some heavy internet research this morning in regards to trying to find this compilation that you guys were on. Uh, which one? It, well, because it was a newfound interest in Massachusetts. That was the song that was on there. Uh, it, it was, was a drive-through records. Comp. No, it was. It, it was. Or was it the best comp in the world? It wasn't the Fadeaway Records one. Okay, that's it was, the best comp in the right. world. Right. Honestly, I I personally believe... Newfound Mass was on uh, uh, drive Through Records comp at one point that they never gave us a copy of. Okay, was it... I mean, there was a lot of... I mean, there was bands that were not on drive Through as well on that, right? I mean, we weren't We weren't on drive Through. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, then that could have been it. But basically, it was like, that song was on there. But, I mean, you guys were like, you know, you... We had... We had put out an EP on Doghouse. Right, right, right. And that was one of the songs on the EP. Right, right, right. And then we were... How did that work? We hadn't signed to Doghouse yet, and Drive Through was interested in us. Right. And we ended up going to Doghouse and giving Drive Through that one song. That for one song. Yeah, I just remember because that song in particular... Well, that... You guys stuck out like a sore thumb on that. As far did as we? like... I mean, in my... I don't know. I've never heard right. it. In my opinion. Hey, Richard and Stephanie, send me a copy of the comp. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to complete my collection. I just remember listening to that song, and that, that this was at the time when I was like kind of starting to transition into the fact that I could listen to bands beyond Snapcase, Earth okay. Crisis, and Strife. That was my, I cut my teeth on that, and I was like, okay, I can listen to things outside of that world. And I, basically, it's like I credit you guys, Sensefield, and Texas is the reason for ushering me out of that and being able to listen to more. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which was good. Um, it, it, yeah, and, but I just remember, and I think that was at the time too, where a lot of people. There's a lot of comps that just came out that, you know... It, oh, it was it, a comptastic world back totally. then. Totally. Yeah. And, like, now it's just, like, I mean, the idea of a comp is, like, people... You say comp and people don't necessarily know what you're talking about? What, yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of... Which is ironic since we, we live in a more abbreviated world totally. now. Right. And so now it's a You think they comp, kept, Right. It's a, it's a compilation of different bands. Right. Compila- right. Oh, it's a compilation. Right. Like, do I need to spell yeah. this all out? Right. Wait, do you have the straight-edge swatch? Oh, do I ever? Dude, that's worth some real money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not messing around. You could get, go to Europe and you can, I could, yeah. you can make some euros oh, yeah, yeah. off of that. 
This is, uh, yeah, I got this one for like $100 from a friend that wasn't wow. straight edge anymore. But uh, yeah, you can do three, three fifty on that. Probably we started what, what, touring what, out here in 97. Right. I, I, well, not I'm fairly certain. I know that basically once you guys started to come through, I mean, you played Coos Cafe in uh, Santa Ana. Many times. And it, it was, those were some of the, like still to this day, some of the funnest shows as far as like just the atmosphere. and like. I it, agree. I agree. There was... A lot of people there, but it wasn't. It would be like four hundred people. Right. It was like the living room of a house. Totally. And then they would let four four hundred people in. Yeah. yeah. Maybe twenty five, thirty of them could fit in front of the totally. band, and then everybody else was out in the yard. Of course, watching through the window. Yeah. yeah or yeah. not even watching because it gets fogged up. Yeah. Right. Well, or just it was an event. You know, <laughs> it, it was like was. a social event. I re- yeah, I remember seeing Wesley Willis there too, and I think. Oh I'm- God. <laughs> It was terrifying, but I remember they. I think that was the most people they let in there, and I think they said they sold probably around like I, I think it was just over four hundred fifty tickets. We and I'm like, That's we were proud of ourselves. We 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 beat the promise ring by one ticket. <laughs> You're like, fuck you guys, yeah. we win. <laughs> we always had this sort of like, like unspoken silly rivalry with of them. Of course, you know, just like right. It's like yeah, we won ticket over you. Yeah, yeah. we we we, <laughs> we we draw more out there. Yeah. What, what, what are you but gonna say? One person. But it, yeah, it was just, it's it, it's definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm sure obviously you look back fondly at, at those those shows, but it's just like, to me it struck me as like, those are the type of shows that you guys were playing where it was like, I mean, it was, you were reaching to people outside of the community as it were as well, but not to the point of where it obviously, you know, once you guys started playing House of Blues and stuff like that, where it was like people who, you know, obviously just, you know, got into get up kids after something right home about or something like that. I think it's interesting when people talk about this because uh, where, we, where we came from in Kansas City, there was no community. There's no scene. Yeah, there's yeah. no community. There's you guys no, had to create it, right? Right. We didn't have to create it. We left. Right, right. Like That's we, true. we we went to where there were people who were interested in what we were doing, and we would go. I mean, closest ones Chicago, right. you know, Minneapolis, and then going. But you know, the scene was really big in the Northeast, right? And in Southern California, sure. and so it's like those are the places that we would just go. And my now wife, then girlfriend, lived in Boston, right? So I att- attribute much of our touring success to me just wanting to go see go my to girlfriend. Boston. Yeah, <laughs> you're well, like, yo, we got to get out there. <laughs> write songs about Boston. <laughs> sure, of course, Matt yeah. Pike, right? right. Always, we're guaranteed. To endear yourself to a city or a state if you write a song about it. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it from that perspective. But like, you will always have to play it every well, time you're course. there. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. You have no choice. Yes. It's in the contract. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, once we've done this. Yeah. Um, so Let's you, just get this out of the way. Right. Here's Mass Pike. Yeah. First and foremost, you, you strike me as an exclusive Midwestern dude. Where were you born? I'm from Kansas City. Okay. Born yeah, and yeah. raised in Kansas City. I live in Lawrence, Kansas now. Right. Which is a... Uh, where the university of it's a little blue dot KU? Yeah, yeah of course it's a little blue, blue dot in the big red state totally and yeah, yeah. Uh, well that's what I mean because well the bottleneck that was there for a while right it still is there how do right. you know that did you yeah I too I mean have I you toured, played there yeah I played let's see the bottleneck and then wasn't there is there the Granada theater yep that's yeah. down the street from my house okay yeah played there as well I just I mean it was a the first time that I played there, it was definitely one of those things where I was just like, oh, this is weird. Why is this here? Like, But oh. you're like, oh, college town. Like, I mean, yeah, just yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as like, oh, there's stuff. I found in, like, I lived in Kansas City, um, uh, you know, all of my life, and then we started touring. Right. I lived in Boston for a little bit, and I've been to every major city in the U.S. and right. most of them in Europe. And I think when we started having kids, my wife and I started having kids, it was kind of like, I like this. This town is just big enough that it's not boring totally but it's small enough that the schools are really good right we can leave our door unlocked if we want yeah. to it's we're not, we don't we don't do right. that right no 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 yeah <clears throat> but if you were right right hypothetically yeah. speaking we leave it unlocked when our pit bulls at home <laughs> right 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 which is true <laughs> right um but i just i like it there and i like oh god i was having such a nightmare today when we were driving down from la oh it's a and nightmare. we're in the traffic yeah. and i'm just like why why do you sensible humans live like this totally yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're, well, I mean, you live your life around the traffic schedule, yeah. as opposed to, like, oh, like, I want to go I here this time. we were time. okay we were leaving Hollywood at 2. Yeah, oh, no. That's when it starts. 2? Two? 2, yeah, 2 to 5. Jesus Christ. It's bad. Leave at 1, you're just like, oh, this is great, this is fine. Is it bad going from here further south to San Diego? Um, I can't remember. From here to San Diego, it's not that bad. Like you're, okay. you're the traffic wise. I know it's traffic not that wise. far. Yeah, yeah, it's not that far. But yeah, no, traffic wise, it's not bad at all. I haven't done a West Coast van tour in a while. Right. Because I think the last time I was out here, was, no, that's not true. We did the Where's the Band tour in a van. Oh was, yeah, yeah, that's right. That was yeah. 
Yeah. But I was in a really bad headspace then, so yeah, you I didn't see a whole lot that was with uh, Evan and Dustin. And, right? Dustin played the California shows, and right. then uh, Crick Conley and from Save Today and uh, Anthony, Anthony from right, Bayside, right. who's here somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's right there. Hey, Ranieri, you want to get in on this interview? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, me. Uh, talking about me? Hey, man. Hey, I'm Ray. Anthony. Are you gonna go watch Max at all? Yeah. Okay. When does he play? He's on now, I think. Yeah, probably probably in a few minutes. Or you can go watch the Led Zeppelin cover band. Yeah, no, no to mind that. Weird. <laughs> well, we got the uh, the Yeager. It's Nam. Oh, that is the. So that dude, really does answer I, so many questions. Dude, I, wa- I, I walked up and I was like, "What are all these boners doing here?" And then I'm like, "That's right, it started today." Oh, that answers so many. It's, you didn't? I mean, you guys didn't see any of the Apaches that were walking around? It's no. Like, oh, I mean, oh yeah, the backyard is like it's nuts. But and the, and, the, and, and all, like people wearing their badges. That makes still. that makes sense. That like there's like crazy security here. Totally. And I like pulled up and like we're playing in the little room and they're like, uh, "Do you have your identification?" And I'm like. No, <laughs> I, I do, but it doesn't say. Yeah, there's I'm playing the little room. Yeah. There's all there's also crazy security because about two and a half months ago at a Walk a Flock Flame show, three people got stabbed out front. Oh, cool! So they're a little, little on edge for obvious reasons. Okay. So like I said, Midwest obviously know oh, okay. a lot about Lawrence. The uh, brothers and sisters, like, what was your family structure like? I have a brother. Okay, older or younger? Younger, but taller. <laughs> I appreciate the clarity on that. The younger but taller. Okay. Uh, and so, like, do you, mom and dad, like, what were they doing as you were you were coming up, job wise? Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for yes. a long time, and then she became a guidance counselor. Oh, okay. And then she has just retired recently. My dad's a lawyer. Oh. Okay. And uh, what sort of law? Labor law. He actually oh. he represented a lot of uh, the teachers unions and the bus drivers unions in Kansas City. Sure. And then uh, he took that big paycheck to go represent the Major League Baseball Players Association, which is a uh, wow. You know the I've one, heard of that one of the most profitable yeah uh, unions sure. in, outside of football and basketball. Wow. Uh, but now he's an arbitrator, so he's like mm-hmm. he gets paid. He's working for the New York City school. I don't know if I can even say this. He's working for the New York City School Board. Okay. He's like, if there's a dispute between the teacher, like if a teacher gets fired, uh-huh. then he is the mediator between the school, the school and, and the, the teacher, teacher. And sure. the teacher's union and the and the school district. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, my wife's a school teacher, so I, I mean, she's never experienced anything like that, but I, there's always there's always those layers, which are, yeah. they're needed yeah. from, that, from that perspective. Um, and so, you know, how... How would you paint the picture as far as your, you know, you being raised? Like, were you a little shit? Were you... Was I a little uh, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. still a little shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, was I a little shit? And like, I was, or, or did you, you know, like, you, was your relationship with your, your parents pretty cool? Like, how... No, not really. Um, my mom... I was, went to Catholic school okay. the whole my whole life and uh, my were, your, mo- were your parents overly religious? My mom's Catholic. Okay. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say overly religious, but were they religious? I mean, yeah, overly yeah. is subjective. It's true. Know? It's true. Yeah. My dad's not. Okay. Uh, my my dad was just a big drinker. Okay. When we, I was younger, before they split up, but my mom and I would fight about everything, school and church kind of stuff. Oh. Because okay. it was sort of like I. I don't want, I don't, this isn't my thing. Right. Like, even by, like, fifth, sixth grade, I was like, I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. this isn't. I don't want to read catechism. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's not what I want to do. And she just couldn't handle it, and there was a lot of, we talk about it now, and it's like, some of it's a lot of, like, uh, middle class keeping up appearances kind of oh, sure. stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. And I, I still, to this day, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck what you think. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. You, you, you established that reality on your own back then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never really thought about it like that, but that's that happens now when I'm, like, with kids, you know, parents at my kids' schools, or, you know, it's like, they're going to think you're a weirdo. I'm like, fuck them. I don't care what they think. Right, 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 right. They're stupid. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm concerned with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my, my little inner punk. It's my little... Of course, yeah, yeah. Just the, well, yeah, I think there's there's always that inherent voice in people's heads that get attracted to this sort of music, where it's just like, oh yeah, like I don't need to go with the sort of quote unquote conventions, whatever that may be. Yeah, I mean, it's just find your own way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. And so, and when did your you mentioned your parents aren't together? When did they separate? They split up. Uh, my mom quit drinking when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and my dad kept drinking, and so they split up. And then, so it was like about fifth or sixth grade. Oh, so you were completely caught. You were very aware of this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was mad initially, and then I realized that I get to have two Christmases. Oh shit! Yeah. And then I was like, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So huge. My drummer. So this Led Zeppelin thing. What it is is they're bringing in all these like crazy, awesome heavy metal drummers to play oh, yeah, yeah, Led yeah, Zeppelin. Yeah. Yes, so sure. My drummer is now texting me with who's on. <laughs> over. So Carmine Peace, Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. I'm like. You're like cool, dude. No, it's great. Yeah, I, mean, I would if I, I've been excited to do this interview for a while because I, I I wanted like I just I don't know I enjoy doing these sorts of, of conversations course, yeah. and like I haven't gotten to do one in a while so I'm like right. uh, if I weren't talking to you I would be totally watching the, the Led Zeppelin well, I, thing. You know I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate this all coming together. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that Bill Ward is pulling you away from it. Um, and so. Yeah, because I mean, my, my parents were divorced when I was, I mean, I was like three or four, so I'm just told about it, but the, being aware of it, obviously, at that age, and, but then seeing obvi- the obvious uh, superficial benefits of like, oh, cool, like... Yeah, you get two Christmases. Right, right, right. And my dad's a lawyer, so he's got more money to buy me, you know... Sure. Better, did, better Nintendo games. Did you uh, did you find yourself having to fall on one side or the other? Because that's typical of a divorce where it's like, oh, a mama's uh, boy. Like, no, my dad's it, man. I lived with my mom. Okay. And we would do weekends with my dad. My dad doesn't. My dad's not a big communicator. He doesn't talk much. Sure. And so we would just go see movies all the time. He and my brother and I. Sure. And it was to the point where it was like we had gone through every movie in the paper that wasn't like our. Right. That you, you know, could see. Yeah. And it's just like that's just what we did. We'd go right. see movies. That was your thing. We'd go out to Bannister Mall, which isn't there anymore, and right. go see movies. Go see movies. Um, and then you, uh, 
yeah, then obviously your formative years, I mean, when I, like junior high and high school and stuff like that, as you started to become introduced to like independent music and like, did you give a shit about school? Like, what sort of kid were you as you started to? Uh, I didn't give a shit about school. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't like a full blown straight D student. I was about a high C. Right, right. Like, Maybe an occasional B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're average, I think, on the yeah. standards. Thank you. I'm glad that you think I'm average. Yeah, you're welcome. It's uh, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I, I did enough to get by. I, sure. I don't think it was anything conscious. And it wasn't until I got interested in music that it was sort of like, well, this is just pointless. Right. Like, I have no... I have no use for this. <laughs> right. This is not helping me write songs or go on tour. Yeah. Right. The... Uh, and so, as you obviously, I mean, I presume that that the band Music Life, on top of the turmoil and strife that you already had with your mom in regards to the religious stuff, that probably just set it off even further. Or did your mom be kind of like, ah, well... No, I mean, we'd fight. I'm trying to remember. Like, yeah. it got to a point where it ended up being more about, like, what time I was going to be home. Sure. Once I could drive. There was this really great... Uh, all-ages all club that happened in Kansas City from, I guess it was like 93 to 94, it was oh, called okay. the Rumba Box, and uh, that's where I got my, uh, like I was already into, you know, I was already into punk rock before then, but that's where I got my like formative, you know, shows my, yeah, right, we're, going, right. we're going to shows, we're going to see, you know, a lot, we saw a lot of good bands, and just the one year that that place was open, it was like... We saw Girls Against Boys and Brainiac. We saw crazy weird German, like Casper Brodsman and weird German stuff. We saw Unsane. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Beck played there right after Loser came out. Holy shit. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, so we booked Beck and then Loser hit. <laughs> and you're like, whoops, where are we And then it's do? like lines down, down the street. It was crazy. Right. That's amazing. And so the, uh, the I mean, who... Who was your introduction point? Because obviously you did. The typical story is that you know older brothers or siblings and stuff kind of get you. Uh, it was a record store in Kansas City. I mean, okay. So if you're gonna talk about like just music in general, the first thing I really got into was like post Guns N' Roses, like LA glam sure. stuff. Had my subscription to Rip Magazine. That's great. And then via. Prop, did you just want to live on the Sunset Strip? Were you just? Like, I don't think I. I don't know if I ever made that connection. I just kind of like. Yeah, yeah. These guys are cool. Right. You know, like. Yeah, look at their hair. My, my first concert ever was L.A. Guns, Dangerous Toys, and Tora Tora. <laughs> my dad took me. Killer lineup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, saw Motley Crue on the Doctor Feelgood tour, like that kind of era. Sure, stuff. sure. But from that, and I think honestly via Headbangers Ball. Mm-hmm. And then also Metallica doing a Misfits cover on Garage Days. Totally. It's kind of like, well, what's this? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And then that got me into the Misfits, and then Bad Religion got thrown in there somehow. And then once I found Fugazi, it was just like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. your head explodes. Right. Uh, that was the Pandora's box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it was just kind of like, everything on Discord is great. And then you right. go back and you listen to some of the earlier ones. You're like, no, it's 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 good. It's really good. Right. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I think I'm convincing myself. Beefeater's really right. good. <laughs> Totally. There are certain things where you're just like, yeah, no, that wasn't that. Like, it just didn't speak. Like, Lungfish never spoke to me. No. <laughs> like, there are certain bands where you're just like, I think I should like this, but I don't like this. Yeah, my friends like Lungfish. I, I don't want to say that I don't like Lungfish. No, no, no. I mean, I'm sure if I listened to it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't hit me. speak to me. No, no, it didn't Do you speak to me. Who else did is Shudder to Think? I never really got yeah, Shudder never, to Think. I, I can, I can empathize with that. I never, yeah, it never, never resonated with me as well. Um, but yeah, so that get, turns into like, going to these show and then so there's a record store in Kansas City it's right. called Recycled Sounds and uh, it's not there anymore but uh, it was kind of like my little gateway and the people that were there the clerks the yeah, clerks yeah. that were there were also some of the people that owned the club and then eventually I started working there and then it was just kind of this I would try to then be that guy and, like, how old were you when you started working at a record store it's funny because I started working there right when Get a Piece of Touring right and uh, <laughs> and the owner I think she just wanted to have like people in the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. like as, you know, it's a smart move. It is, and I was yeah. like, okay, you still want me to work here? Because I'm going to be gone for the next like six months, and then I'm going to be home for like three weeks. And right, then, right. Because <laughs> I need a paycheck. Right. And right. she's like, no, no, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other the other clerks resented me for it. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we listened to 
and that was weird too because that was when like our first record was doing really well in like independent stores so like people are buying it from from me, you oh and it was just then they don't know you know and it's right. just kind of like this is awkward dude i i experienced this i worked at a record store and obviously the people that you were working with would like do embarrassing shit like either play your record yeah as you're, and i you're just like that's like yeah, stop they just, it just didn't mess with you right and then if a person asks like oh what is this and you're just like oh Dude, don't ask me. Like, I do remember, I remember though, one of my big victories was uh, the kind of like metal glam guy. Because they had like the indie rock girl. Of course, the you've got to like, cover all your bases. The hip hop kid, the, sure. kid, the white hip hop kid. Right, right, right. Uh, just like slinging Jurassic 5 and, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the kind of like you know, guy who would have been at this show tonight. Right. But in Kansas City, it's like kind of like the kind of metal, big Kiss fan. But sure. like always wore T-Rex shirts like very like glam oh, sure. and then we got into this conversation about Hanoi Rocks because I was a big Hanoi Rocks fan because yeah, yeah. of Guns N' Roses and it was just like he's like alright you're alright yeah, yeah. you know it's like, <laughs> yeah I was like oh man I got validation that's yeah. perfect um, and so the, I know about 80's glam metal <laughs> right you're like yeah I'm cool man we're, we're, we're alright the uh, but did, did you always have the conception like once obviously music started to become a more prominent part of your life that you're like yo I gotta play in a band like I have to uh, I don't know. I just always did. I don't know that it was a conscious right. effort. I mean, I played my sh- first show when I was 15. Right. Uh, and what was that? What was that? I mean, that, that for all intents and purposes, your first band, right? Yes, it was called Take a Joke. Take a Joke. Yeah. And I played, What were you attempting to emulate? I have no idea. I was 15, hanging right. out with 18-year-olds. Sure. And I played drums for, like, three songs and then guitar for, like, three songs. I loved how that was, like... A thing. Right! Yeah. Like, you thought that that was, like... You're like, oh, yeah, but our drummer can play this song better, so why don't you guys switch off with yeah. this song? Why? No one does that anymore. No! Because it's... Because it's kind of stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. But Take a Joke, to me, sounds like you guys could have been a pop-punk band. Like, and, and when I say pop-punk, like, you know, like Sam I Am, that sort of stuff. Oh, okay, okay. okay. And, like, not, it, you know, not in, like, a you know, Blink-182 sort of thing. Right. Even though it could... The, the name could... <laughs> be labeled uh, on that. It was not that well thought out. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but that was my fir- my first band, and then that morphed into a band called uh, Secular Theme, which was uh, we were emulating the Nation of Ulysses. Oh yeah. So we wore suits. Dra- okay, we yeah, wore yeah. suits, but yeah. it was like noise rock. It was like we wanted to look like Nation of Ulysses and be crazy, but we were playing like Chicago, like. Uh, Shellac type stuff. Not crazier than that. Like, okay. Uh, what was the name of that record label? It's not Thrill Jockey. It's Touch and uh, Go. No, no. Okay. It's, it was distributed Port, by Touch Porter and Go. Stick. No. Uh, I know. I'll know it if I hear it. I can't think of what it's called. But it was all the like really noisy stuff. Uh, like Amrep. It was Am- like. I mean, yeah, it wasn't they Amrep. They were from yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah, they were right. Uh, but we would play with those bands. Okay. Sure. And uh, but yeah, it was it was just. That's crazy. pretty. So you were like probably what, like 16, 17 at the time? Yeah, you were doing I was in that? high school. That's kind of advanced for that sort of age. Is it? I think so. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, because I look at, I look at sixteen, seventeen-year-olds, and usually they're you know either playing like obviously usually typically terrible hardcore. Or, well, I mean, you can make the argument that well, that stuff. Right, it's, right. it's sort of it's not. But you had it. You had an agenda. You were like, we were dressing up. We were doing this thing. We were being loud and noisy. Yeah. So that's a little more. That's yeah. That's advanced. I, w- I would define that. I don't. I don't know if I would qualify it as advanced. <laughs> or uh, maybe the ambitions were advanced. I think if you're, like, an actual, like, jazz player, who like, if you're, like, John Zorn and, like, you choose to make noise... Right, right, right. That's advanced. If that is advanced. If you're just a punk kid and you decide to blow on an out-of-tune saxophone instead right. of playing three minor threat chords, you know, like... Right, right, right. That's just kind of... It's six and one, half a dozen the other. It's totally. just the same... It's the same uh, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. <laughs> right. It's a completely different delivery mechanism. Yeah. We just happened to be really into, like, noisy stuff. There was... Uh, yeah. Uh, between Minneapolis and Chicago and St. Louis, there was, like, all these, like... Of course, Really yeah. noisy bands. No, that's definitely... That's... Yeah, I mean, that's very indicative of what was happening in the Midwest before. And it was kind of like a post-grunge kind yeah, of thing, yeah. you know, like... Total reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we... If you like those choruses that Nirvana and every other band did, we yeah. can play none of that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really loud. I get that. And then I went from that into discovering the uh, somewhere between Ben Weasel and. Uh, God, I'm trying to think it would be a good example. <laughs> We were debating. It was it was a thing where it was like you're either a lookout punk rock band or sure. an epitaph pop punk. Band. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so a huge like, line of sand. Yeah. yeah, and it was for some reason the only thing is I will say no effects because that's a band I actually like. Right. And like 
Pennywise was the one that always came up, and I never really got into Pennywise. But yeah, yeah, you had to be from California to really get on the ground. I think you had to be from California to get into a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I took. Yeah, I I reference like Lagwagon, no use for name, a lot of that stuff. For me, it was important. But anytime I mention it to anybody in the East Coast or even yeah. the Midwest, they're just like, yeah, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> it for, makes sense. For me, that kind of like. Epiphat yep. sound. Yep. It's like this bad religion is grandfathered into the whole thing, and honestly, no effects is as well. Yeah. And then it's like it's propaganda. Yes. And <laughs> Dillinger Four. <laughs> right, right, right. But they're from the Midwest, so they right, get, they course. get an honorary pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel the same way about like hardcore, like the whole Rev One Three Fifty thing doesn't do doesn't do anything. doesn't do anything. very little of it. Like right, right. even Texas, who I I do like, I think Texas reason is good. I don't I don't. You get, did worship at their altar. And I don't really get I don't get it right right but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I think Norm is a sweetheart and right. you know like I understand their place in the of course in the lineage you know if Paige Hamilton invented Drop D and then Walter took it from there yeah, and then yeah, Texas yeah. made it poppy right that's just kind of yeah yeah it just you, it just never you, you never identified with it that's yeah completely understandable the um, so then as you obviously as Get Up Kids started to become more of a thing in your life when you know when were you forced to make that decision of like, yo, this is something? Because I mean, you, you also had kids early, earlier in your life, right? Yeah, but we were. I was already doing this full time. Right, right. So yeah, that that didn't impact the decision based off that. But our first tour was with Braid in 1997, and I specifically remember it was a Northeast tour, like yeah. Midwest Northeast tour. Right. And I specifically remember because we were going to tour over the summer, and everybody was going to go back to college because okay. everyone had started. Our drummer had. We picked him up from his last day of high school to start our first tour yeah, yeah. and it was just kind of like everyone everyone else had had like a year I was the oldest I I had been in, I went to college for one year yeah. pretended to go to college for a second year sure right, right Jim and Rob went to college for one year and then Ryan was gonna go to college when we were touring that summer and then somewhere on that tour we were kind of like this is fun and we're making money like on your first tour yeah which is crazy. Well, but it's I not, mean, I mean, it was we owned the van outright, and we were staying on people's floors, and we were having three dollars a day well, per diem. So, well, as well as well, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, it, I always define success in the earliest touring stages of bands when, for one, you're not putting your own money into the gas tank, which that's that's already a victory. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And so, but yeah, but I mean, so that, but I mean, on your first tour, that you're already like, you know. Covering the the quote unquote basics, so to speak, like that that must have been obviously like heartening and obviously uh, made you made you guys not consider going to school anymore. <laughs> well, it was just kind of like let's ride this out and see what happens, you know? Because like school's always there. Right, right, right. Uh, but you felt that momentum kind of immediately from that perspective. I mean, uh, momentum's not the right word that we felt. I mean, I think we just thought we're like, hey, we could probably do this for a little bit. Right, right. You know, right. and then yeah. uh, things just kept. Doing better and better and better. Sure, sure. Yeah, you kept you kept building on that foundation. That's when people ask me about like how that thing went. It's like it's very gradual. Oh yeah. From yeah, our yeah. perspective, it was very like okay, there's 200 people this time, of and the course. next time there's 400 people. Totally, then, totally. Well, it's I mean, it, it, during those times when you're obviously you've got no ambitions beyond just the let's do this next thing. Like let, whether it's like yeah. let's do this next seven inch or let's do this next comp song or whatever. Like you don't have this grand plan in regards to like. Oh, I man, had. I wonder where our fourth LP is going to be. There's a point where when we were touring, where I I did put in some like like one of the reasons we signed to Doghouse in the first place is because they had European distribution. Right. And we're like like oh some of the bands on Doghouse have gone to Europe. Totally. And we went to Europe for six weeks and we each made two hundred dollars. Right. Right. You're like wow. <laughs> uh, which was a victory. You of know. Of course. And, uh, but then it was like, okay, I want to go. To, I want to go to Japan. Right. I want to go to Australia. Sure. And I want to do a tour in a bus. Right. And then it was like, so by 1999, we had accomplished all that. You're like, and I was kind of like, I got all those checks. Like, I don't know what else to do now. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, might as well, might as well just wrap it up. Yep. It's called a day, kids. Hitting on that same point, I never remember like obviously when you guys started to, you know, when when something right home came about and came out and obviously that hit in ways that obviously you guys I mean, expected to a certain extent, but not to the level that it came. I never, I personally never heard, especially from the, you know, the kids that obviously got into the first two seven inches and four minute mile, you know, saying that, calling you guys sellouts. But I'm sure that you, oh. I'm sure that you heard it from just the 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 conversations that were had around you. But I just, I never the heard it. The only time that ever came up was we did a tour. The first tour we did, it started. 
the month before Something Right Home Back came out, which uh-huh. was September 99. And we're like, we're going to do everywhere and anywhere that'll have us in the U.S. So it was a 70-day, uh, so a 10-week long tour. Right. And we're like, okay, we're going to do the first two weeks in the van on the East Coast, and then we're going we're gonna to get a bus. Because yep. it's a long-ass tour, and we got a shitty bus with a crazy bus driver who the first thing he did when he bought, got to Lawrence to pick us up was buy a ball. Right, right. Perfect. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's start this off right. He got a ticket doing 96 in the bus. Crazy Tony. Super safe. And then he got real drunk and came to one of our shows, and he's like, this is a guy with hookers in the phone book. And it's crazy. That's amazing. It takes a certain kind of person to be a bus driver oh, anyway, but totally. it takes a... A super certain kind of person to be a cheap bus Oh, yeah, to discount? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we were still playing a couple. Like, we never, I've never played at Gilman, but like, we would play at like Shea Cafe in San Diego, and people threw quarters at us. But I think that was like three or four people. Everybody else didn't give a shit. Yeah. And then James just goes, Can't you guys throw cigarettes? (laughs) Perfect James response. Yeah, because I found it I found it interesting that that didn't obviously like get thrown upon you guys like just except from like the, the sort of larger conversation just because it was like well no because you've heard them all along and like each record made sense oh, as far as the progression music, was musically it never I don't yeah, think yeah, it ever yeah, came yeah. up at least at least not to our face I don't know if that's what people were actually were saying behind the right, right 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 right. Uh, the thing is that like anybody who is being hating, like uh, all the hardcore guys like this, and as, as Rick to life once said, right, right. I like these emo shows because there's lots of chicks out of chicks around, of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we got the cute little boys with the glasses on the bass and drums, and just like, yeah, well, well, yeah, this is where the girls are at, man. Of course, this is this is the show where both girls and guys can feel uh, like they're in a safe environment, and they're, yeah. they they will be allowed to like the band, yeah. like both collectively. It's a, it's a shared experience. As opposed to like, hey, I'm watching Vision of Disorder. Can you hold my hoodie and yeah, yeah, wash? Yeah. Like, no. Well, and I think also too, like, just not coming from a scene, right? And just kind of being outside of that, we're just like, I don't give a fuck about your scene. Right. It's like we're in the Kansas Embassy when we're in our van. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like the first time we played at CBGBs was with Spaz and Monster X, right, right, and uh, and Braid, and the guys in the. Monster X made the flyers and you can find them online now it's like a picture that says like get a kid some shitty band from somewhere braid more shitty emo from the midwest (laughs) totally but it was like we didn't didn't care you know like yeah we're just gonna play the show yeah 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 Um, and so then as obviously as things like I mean so when did you when did you have your first kid like was that like after something right home came about my daughter was born my wife was pregnant with my daughter when we were making On a Wire. So okay. she was born in 2002. Sure. The record came out in... I think the record... I, well, I left for that tour four weeks after she was born. Okay. And it was like the hardest, most awful thing I've ever done in my life. It, it happens. It still happens. But sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, so that, that was like the biggest gun. That was like the kind of like, hey, the, we're, we're going to have to push bus call back because I'm just sobbing uncontrollably because I don't want to leave. Right, right. So. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's, to me, that's, because you, you've obviously had to adjust multiple times in regards to not only obviously what's happening in the context of the band, but then also with your life that you, because I mean, not many, ba- not many band dudes sit down and are like, hey, I, I'm, I'm married and I have this thing, like when, you know, stereotypically like earlier in your career, that, and then to have, not only to have a wife, but like a relationship you have to t- actually tend to. Well, I was, we were, we, I mean, our band's career arc really peaked like right around the time I got married and we started having you know my wife got pregnant and it's kind of like well I'm I'm making good money doing this like I'm not going to stop of course uh well, yeah, I'm sure that was never part of the conversation. And then it's kind of like, since then, it's kind of like, well, I'm really not fucking qualified for anything else. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I've already gone down this road so far. Yeah. Well, I did this. This happened just recently because, like, I don't think I've seen Anthony since I got, like, super burnt out. But, like, I, I quit playing music. Right. And I went and worked on a farm. And, but then, like, I, my wife had me do a resume. I've never done a resume in my life. And I was doing it, and I was like... I'm basically like a business manager, a manager, a tour manager, a merchandise product manager, product manager. Yep, yep. Uh, a bus you driver. Feel, you feel like you're manufacturing. Even a though travel agent. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm a nanny. Totally. Even though you feel like you, you feel like you're manufacturing these titles, like. There is truth to that, but from the real world perspective, they're going to look at that and they're just be like, "But you were just in a band. It doesn't mean anything." Yeah, it's like I was a page at a library in 1998. You're like, that was like that's the my last, last professional job. reference. Yeah. And so then I even applied at the library, and they're like, nah. They're like, uh, we, do you use computers? We use those now. <laughs> no, I don't use a computer. Right, I can right. do a spreadsheet. Right, right. And so the, you know, how, I mean, obviously, how did you push yourself through all of those adjustments as far as, like, how you were trying to, you know, keep your home together as you were obviously having to do these other things? As far as, like, going on tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unhappily. Sure. Uh... It was kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, I got super, super burnt and Get It Kids broke up in 2004. Of course. But we technically broke up. In, I quit the band in 2004. We broke up in 2005. Right, right. Um, do you think that was, do you, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it, was, I mean, it, obviously it was a combination of a lot of different things, but I'm sure the, what you were feeling as far as continually leaving started to play a, big, yeah. a bigger part of that. Well, and I get, I get dark. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, especially when it's kind of like when you start doing things that like, 
people only want to hear the old stuff, and I totally understand that. I'm that guy too. Of course. But it it can be taxing on you, yeah, you know. Yeah. Night after night. Right. Yeah, when it's like that's all you want to hear, yeah, yeah. and it's like I'm just I'm just sick of fighting. Right. You know, and it's just like I'm I'm sick of trying to convince you that this is good and. It's just like fine. I was good until I was nineteen. I'm gonna go home and you know. And, that, and I don't think that that's true. But like when it gets when that happens a lot, it, it can be well, because, wearing on you. Well, yeah, because it, that, the narrative that's created by other people—that's the reality you live in. Even though you're like, I I don't feel this way, but that's just what you're soaked yeah. in and steeped in. Well, and you got to find a balance with it. Like you got to be right. able to like you don't want to like disregard that part of your life I'm of very proud of everything that they yeah, have yeah, done yeah. I celebrate it and but it's like uh, unless we're doing like a four minute mile show <laughs> right, right. I don't want to play six four minute mile songs you right. know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. you like hearing the deep cuts right, yeah. right. so and, th- and that's actually been kind of cool lately because like we went to Japan in November right. and we just did four minute mile something right home about front to back and it's just kind of like this is great yeah, this is fun no pressure just, it's a like closer a, in Japan which is a bonus, but it's it's kind of like a like a high school or a college reunion. We're like, let's hang out. Yeah. This is fun as shit. Yeah. Remember that time? <laughs> yeah. Remember these songs? These are fun to play. Remember this? This, this song's stupid. Why are you? <laughs> Why did we write this? Oh God, there was one on there, and I'm like, this whole middle section is dumb. And I was like, like that's how you wrote it. And I was like. Well, can we just cut it out? <laughs> Speaking of drummers, hey, and they're like, <coughs> can we rewrite this? Or uh, why am I playing the lead and singing, right. and Jim's not doing anything? Like, what the hell kind of sense does this make? Right, right. Oh, it was written by a 17-year-old. That's oh, why. that's why. That's why. We felt like that was what we needed to do at the time. Yes. Um, for, for you, obviously, in, in the duration of that, the time when the kid of kids were obviously, you know, reach, reaching the peak. What were some of the most like surreal moments that you personally were just like, this is. Like, where you were able to feel that sort of, like, out-of-body experience where it's like, this is weird that this is happening to us. Whether it's, like, the uh, business side of things or whether it was, like, these are weird, we're playing these... It was never an out-of-body experience kind of thing. It was just kind of a, like, eh, that's that, was, that was weird. <laughs> oh, that's happening right like, now. Like, uh, when we, when we opened for Weezer, right. the guys in Cheap Trick came to the show in Milwaukee. Right. Yeah, Milwaukee at the Eagles Ballroom. You played the Eagles Ballroom, right? So the guys in Cheap Trick, they're like, would the guys in Weezer want to play a couple songs with the guys in Cheap Trick? And Weezer said no. Right. And so we're like, fuck yeah, we'll totally do that. So we learned Surrender and uh, Hello, Ladies and Gentlemen. We played them with Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen. And we're like, oh my God, we're playing with Cheap Trick. And uh, one of my favorite memories is that uh, uh, Rick, the guitar player, was borrowing one of Brian Bell's guitars, like his Les Paul custom. And at the end of the song, he took it off and threw it into the crowd. And I've never seen a guitar tech dive, dive yeah, yeah. faster than no! that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so, like, that's the kind of stuff where you're like, right? I don't know. It's just when I was like, hey, have I ever told you about that time we played with Sheep Trick? Right. <laughs> you're like, that's really weird. Yeah, that time uh, we were at a bar and Billy Joe from Green Day's Bouncers had to break up a fight. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. That was that was. Or fun. that time when we took Billy Joe guitar shopping. And it was like, and they were, they said they would give him a, a Telecaster for like three hundred dollars cheaper if he would sign it. And I was like, that doesn't he make would any sign sense. his own guitar. And, uh, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, the the thing that we were, we were talking about that I wanted to reference where it's like the um, like when I started to see you guys play. So I mean, it's obviously like we're only three years uh-huh. apart. But I would watch you. I would watch Get Up Kids, and at that time, because I was like, you know, 17 or whatever, or maybe even younger than that, and I'd be like, like, you're so old. You're so, like, I mean... Thanks, man. I mean, not like you looked old, but it was just like, this is, uh, you're doing something. You're doing something. This is crazy. And this is, it's something that's so far removed from me, but then now, like, obviously, I mean, this happens with everybody as you get older, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, we're basically the same generation, same age. And, like, it's just funny how that shrinks, and it's like, oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting to me, like, talking to talking to Max yeah, or right. even talking to Ant like because you guys started touring in what 99 and so it's just like two years removed but it's the same it's the same shit yeah totally. and like with, with Max it's interesting because he 
kind of he's yeah he's like it was like 2000 yeah 2001 right oh wait no it's the 10 year anniversary of that first record this year so I think so even later yeah yeah but just kind of this interesting like things were already put in place right by the time there was already like an infrastructure there totally yeah and that, I think that I think that's why just because it's like even though it's like I was right in the precipice of starting the touring tour with my own bands but it was still it was just like oh my god these guys are really doing it like they better they must be so much older than I am it's like oh no not really oh, no. This age, essentially and I just find that funny like when you do just know how to pack a van yeah exactly <laughs> just know how to pack a van I remember my buddy Jason came to the show uh, at the Subaru last night I've known him forever he used to uh, he used to work at Sub Pop and he actually was trying to sign us a Sub Pop when we were oh sure sure yeah and he did that singles club and stuff like that yeah yeah and uh, he had this whole thing about how impressed he was that we had like the, we had a loft in our van and everything was like perfectly packed and it was like really like it's like none of these bands like, work this hard and I'm like it's just that's just what we did it's just that's what we do man of course we're gonna bring an eight ten cabinet and two Marshall half stacks in a twelve person van right why not we have total sense we have to make that happen um, the, tell me more about the, your experience obviously like you said. You became so burnt out and jaded on music in general. Because I mean, that I mean, that well, the last tour I did actually was with with him, the Where's the Band tour, and both me and Chris. Chris Conley was just burnt because he'd been touring too long and he needed, right, he needed right, right. a break. I was burnt in a like, this is fucking stupid, and I'm not gonna do this anymore. And he just keeps going. Yeah, you'll be gone like six months and you'll be back. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, no, man. You're like, I'm no, out. I mean it this time. I mean it. Right, right, right. You said every tour we've done, which is like four tours, something like that. Yeah. There's, there's always a point. <laughs> I really meant it that time, and I really did do it for like eight months. Well, I, you know. And so, I mean, what what inspired the fact? Like, you, you basically just wanted to like unplug and just be like, I'm not doing anything in relation to music. That's so stupid. I just got like. I was sick of driving. I was sick of, right. you know, everything. Just the whole thing. Right. I, I wasn't sick of music. Like I wasn't sick of writing. You know, I wanted it. I wanted to get away from it just being my job and have it get back to being something I did for fun. Of course. Where it's like, oh, okay, so I want to have like a job, job, and then I'll play music for fun. Sure, sure. And uh, I, I think what I learned from that whole experience is that I need to find a way to to make playing music sure. and so some of it like this tour has been kind of hard because you know it's a west coast band tour so it's like a long ass drive yeah of course uh, luckily I've started watching Breaking Bad so that's taken up a oh, lot oh you're of, fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you have the rest of this tour planned basically I have the whole I just finished season 4 last night and I'm kind of like I'm like so that's it how can that not just be it like how can there be a whole other season there is yeah I know and, I'm like, I, and everybody says it's good so I'm just kind of like alright yeah, you're good you're fine I have to trust you on it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's just the it's the uh, put like a fresh coat of paint on it in order to be excited about it in a way. To a certain degree, I mean that's part of the reason of like bringing out the bass player and the drummer that I play with because they're people that I, I find really positive, a positive influence and like I like being able to like make a louder sound. Sometimes when you're just playing by yourself, it can just lonely. You're lonely all day and then you're lonely on stage. And then, right. Do I have anybody to hang out with? Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, and so that do you, do you feel like that? those eight months away was was worth it like did it give you that clarity that you wanted or was it yeah. just okay no it was very beneficial uh, yeah I kind of broke but you know uh, it was, and it was also when I kind of discovered like doing podcasts and stuff like that and I got really into that because I would just be sitting there you know picking turnips Listening to, yeah, yeah. Mark Marin, right, 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 hanging out with him. Yeah. And this is the first tour I've done where like my podcast junkiness is coming to play. Oh, where yeah. it's like we're listening, we're listening to Pete Holmes a bunch. Of course, it's just like those are like three hours long. Those so are, that's a marathon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my shift. Right, right. I got, I got this. That's work. a good shift. If I can do a Pete Holmes podcast, that's a good shift. Right, right. <laughs> and the. Um, Obviously, since you, you know, I mean, you've always seemed to have a supportive, a support system at home, whether it was like, you know, your, your mom obviously understands what you do now. And like, yeah. 
the does, does there ever come into play like hey Matt are you gonna stop like are you gonna stop touring at all anytime soon like, well gonna... like I said she's a guidance counselor right. so like I, I do go to her when I was kind of going through that like kind of advice in that area right um, the big thing that we have is that my my wife's family they lived with us for a while right. and now they just live around the around the block from us and so it's a very like you know like tomorrow morning when my wife has to go to Kansas City really early grandma's coming over at 6.30 to get the kids ready for school and it's a very you know multi-generational totally, yeah, family yeah. Um, and they're a little bit older now so that's it's a little bit easier yeah, yeah I have a two and a half year old that's exactly the same way that my both my parents and my wife's parents live within the proximity that's exactly what they do we go to work yeah. handle our shit they come over take yeah. care of the kids I mean, I that's think what that's, grandma's are for oh dude I, I, to, people that raise children without family near them at all it's really hard I mean it's doable I only imagine yeah yeah I wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah um, and so with the uh, kind of to wrap things up the idea of I mean obviously since you enjoy podcasting and you're you're experimenting with so many different mediums in regards to like how you present yourself from like hey I'll do a fucking stage at concert like I'll, you were doing all oh, these yeah. things and, you know downright all these things that you're obviously putting yourself out there in ways that you probably like you know five years ago someone would have told you that you'd be doing that you're probably like I don't think so or, or do you think you're just like you're like I'm open to new experiences I kind of feel like that's the way the industry is right now okay. like that traditional I mean everybody's everybody's learned that like you can't make as much money doing anything but touring of course and so everybody's touring and it makes it more difficult right uh, but then uh, and I don't like touring anyway right right so you know, I'm investigating these opportunities. It's like having a web-based business. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. But web-based small business. Right? Yeah. Right, right. And it's. I'm just trying to like find the things in there that I like. I did a Kickstarter one time, and that was cool. But at the same time, the fulfillment aspect of it is so much fun. Right, right. Really crushed my soul. Of course. Uh, the stage it thing is is a cool concept. I'm not. It's a, it's weird to play for people. You know, people are there, but they're not there. Right, right. Uh, and then the downright thing's been really cool too, because it's just sort of, a, it's a way for me to, to make money when I'm home and totally. to connect with people. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, be challenged in some capacity as far as like, oh wow, this is a weird request of what I have to do. Uh, the only ones that are difficult in that regard, because it's like, you know, ninety percent like for wives or. Husbands or right, right, significant others. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's sometimes where it's like my the songs for my nephews. Their dad committed suicide six months ago, and those are the ones where I have to be like, oh, God. that is heavy, right? Guys, like, I don't know, I don't know what to do there. Right, right, right. But it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do it. Right, right. <laughs> but you do it. Yeah. That, that's obviously when the when the challenge presents itself. It's been difficult on this tour because I this tour is the first time I've done the downright thing and the podcast since uh, since I started doing them, and it's like there's no fucking time to do this shit when you're on the road. Totally, totally. You gotta you gotta pull stuff together and be like, I I've got this because we're just getting like one room for the three of us, and it's like, hey guys, can you guys go fuck off for an hour so I can like record songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would you, yeah, go, go occupy yourself. Like, why don't you somewhere? just get your own hotel room? Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. I don't, no, I don't wanna, because that's, that's more purpose. money. Right, right. That's more money. When did you, uh, a random aside, when did you, uh, I mean, because obviously you've made it apparent that you, you don't like touring from a larger perspective. When did when did that start to come into your life? I, this, is, this is the way, a new way I've been phrasing it. I okay. don't dislike touring. No, I don't right. like being away from my family. Of course. Right. Touring itself is fine. Right, right, right. The drives are a bit rough, but... They Right, right, right. The show, the show, performing is really fun. Seeing friends is really fun. Of course, right. Uh, well, getting it, to go places is really fun. Right. But uh, you do get this kind of thing where you're uh, in Europe. I always call it cathedral burn. Sure. Where you're just like, oh, I'm in this gorgeous city. Yeah. yeah. But I have to be here with you assholes. Right. Of course. You know, like right. I can't. I have to be in a ten block radius of whatever, wherever I'm at. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of other cool stuff. Well, it's not even away. that. It's right. kind of like I want to go to Paris with my wife. Of course, <laughs> not with my band. <laughs> yeah, not not that interested in that. But is, I mean, when when did that? When did the enjoyment from that perspective start to fade? As far as just like, oh, like this is our third time through Boise, Idaho this year. I think that just happens with any any band. It's just a matter of of how 
often you're out there? No, I just help how in your head you are about it. Sure. Like, you know, I've stopped at the same gas station between here and wherever of course, right, a thousand right. times, and it's just kind of like, you can either be like, oh, hey, I like this place, or you can be like, ah, yeah, this, this place, place again. Right, right, right. I wish, I wish they actually refilled the uh, windshield. Yeah. <laughs> The wiper stuff, <laughs> but you know, it's it, there's still good stuff. I mean, there's it's still yeah, it's still exciting. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, you wouldn't be sacrificing your time away from home if you obviously didn't feel some level of enjoyment. Yeah, that's right, true. Right. Well, I appreciate you hanging out on this loud patio with me, and <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Out. We will. We will see what my editor thinks about. That. All right, there you go. That wasn't too bad, right? We got through it together, and I appreciate that. Mad props to our editor, Tom Richfield, because I'm sure this one was a bear to get through. You know, he didn't he didn't need to work as hard as he did on that particular episode, but he does, and so just, just show him some love. I try to show him so much love. Anyways, a bunch of great shows coming up. We have someone from Sea Haven. We have someone from Law Dispute. We have someone from Sleeping Giant. I'm not going to reveal who on all of those things, but we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So visit propertyofzack.com, visit 100wordspodcast.com, and until next week, be safe, everybody. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.